You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 99. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week, we briefly answer a question in our Your Stock Our Take segment, but in the light of the significant global market drop, we will focus on some issues surrounding the markets generally right now. COVID-19, the drop in oil prices for Canadian energy producers generally, fear in the markets, and how to deal with this fear in your simple 15 to 25 stock portfolio. So in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, our question from a listener is on Vital Hub Corp, symbol VHI on the TSX Venture, which develops mobile healthcare solutions and allows clinicians to access information about patients. Its technologies include blockchain, patient flow, mobile, and web-based assessment and electronic healthcare record solutions. A client who loves this space asks us if if Vital Hub which recently consolidated its shares, is good value at present. So let's get into the show right now. Uh, this week we have Brennan with us. He'll be handling the Your Stock, Our Take segment. And I also have Aaron here. How are you guys doing? Volatile times? Yeah, it's a bit, uh, it's been a crazy week. But aside from that, I'm doing good. It's, it's, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities right now. And I think that certainly while valuations aren't cheap in the market yet, there's certainly some some value has come back. I mean, there's companies that I've really liked that were just too far out of reach because they were uh, too expensive relative to earnings. And now, you know, you're starting to see them come back into a reasonable range. Certainly not blood on the street, certainly not a cheap market, but um, things are looking more interesting. So, of course, the question is, you know, when when do you make a move? And that, that is the million dollar question that we've been getting a lot from our clients. For sure. And we'll, we'll get into that just in a sec. Um, we'd like to remind all of our, and that's what really we're going to talk about today. Um, we'd like to remind all of our listeners, all of our clients out there, uh, potential clients that we are uh, heading out on the road soon. Uh, spring 2020, our stock investment seminars are going to be in a city near you. Kelowna, March 31st. Calgary, April 1st. April uh, 2nd will be in Edmonton. Vancouver on April 7th. Langley on April 8th. Victoria, April 9th. Markham, April 14th. Oakville, April 15th. And Montreal, our first time there on April 16th. Look forward to seeing crowds uh, there. We'll definitely have our hand uh, sanitizers out at those events. Uh, 
great to see clients and new potential clients in person at these events over the next month and a half. Uh, We really look forward to that. Uh, Now is actually the time when you really should be coming out to events like this uh, and and, and finding out how to build that simple portfolio. We'll give you, we'll get some hot topics in that event. We'll simply explain to you detail how to put together that simple 15 to 25 stock portfolio and what you should do in a time like this that we see in the market and the consistent volatility that we're seeing right now. Um, Now, when we talk about fear in the markets, uh, I would say fear causes irrationality and we expect to see significant irrationality we already have over the next several weeks and several months. Uh, We have been already asked many times if uh, from investors if you need to buy right now now initially most investors think that a say five to ten to and even a 20 percent drop might have uh, everything in the markets essentially cheap now i'll put this in the drop that we're seeing right now in context to clients and i've put it already in context to many clients who we talked to on the phone Uh, Most of our clients who have attended any one of our weekly chat sessions, we do that twice a week, or seen us in person at one of our two to three seminars that we uh, we have each week across the country, or you've seen us at our speaking engagements, or listened to this podcast on a weekly basis, you will know that we have seen the markets as relatively expensive over the past 12 to 18 months. So let's start there. In terms of buying the market today, Uh, This is how I put it to a number of clients. When you have an asset or an item you want to purchase, let's just say it's a nice suit or a dress that you really want to buy, you initially find this item and you see it is expensive. Now you want that item, but it's too pricey for you right now. You're waiting for it to come on sale. Now, if that quote unquote expensive suit or dress is part of a 10% sale, it is likely peaks your interest. It does not peak your interest at that point. Now, in fact, many would still view it as relatively expensive. For most people to be interested, you would have to say see a 20 to 25% plus drop. Now, that may sound shocking in context of the stock market, but let's look at where this is where we were. Now, if the markets now sit right now where we are in the markets, the markets are down from their highs. You know, how, how far are we on sale now? The Dow is off 18 and a half percent. The Nasdaq is down 17.7 percent. And the TSX, which underperformed these markets last year, is down around 19.4 percent and more on a currency adjusted basis in terms of U.S. dollars. But so if we are we running around like kids in a discount candy store like tw- 2008, 2009? I would say no. The markets, uh, which were expensive a month ago, are still not generally cheap, but we're starting to see some select value, and that's what Aaron was really talking about right now. We are starting to see that, uh, and there are things you can do in your portfolio if you think something is value and we're going to make these recommendations to our clients. You can always layer into positions right now. Take a 25% position. Take a 50% position in a company that you believe offers value right now. As the markets settle down, as they always do over the long term, uh, you can always add to those positions. Trying to time an exact bottom in the market is a fool's game. And this is one of the reasons 
we recommend to clients all the time to build that 15 to 25 stock portfolio over an 18 month to 24 month period. Now it is key to do it in that manner. Now I know many clients start off and they wanna buy 10 to 15 stocks right away. We always advise against that in this at that scenario. And this scenario that's playing out in the markets right now is a prime example of why we advise against that. You don't know when the next crash or correction is starting. So if somebody started with us six months ago as a client and they've bought in say three to eight of the stocks, the 15 to 25 stocks in their portfolio over that time, uh, they are going to buy still about 60, you know, 70% of their portfolio, the remainder of their portfolio on sale on a relative basis. Uh, at this point. So that's why we do not suggest you go in and buy those 15 to 25 stocks at one point in time. Uh, you just juxtapose that with a traditional financial advisor. They're going to buy you those five uh, to 10 mutual funds within that first week that you go into the office. Um, you, If you did that six months ago, you would have crystallized your entry point in the market. Uh, we believe that's not a good way to do it. This way, you have some powder dry and you're able to add to positions as they become attractive. And we will find some very attractive uh, buys over the next six months to 18 months in the market. And that's the way, and that's why we suggest you don't buy uh, and crystallize your entry point at one point in a general market cycle. It's also about focusing. It's it's about focusing on the individual companies and really being aware of what you have in, in your portfolio. So Really, nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody can tell you what the market's going to do tomorrow or what the market is going to do in six weeks. But the best advice that we can give our clients in a market like this is just don't panic. Don't panic. Be proactive. Don't be reactive. Um, reactive investors end up losing money. They're always chasing the market. They're always uh, they're, they're, they're always selling at the wrong time and then they're buying at the wrong time. Um, buying once the market has already come up, selling once the market has already gone down. It really comes down to the portfolio really is, the performance of your portfolio is really based on the stocks that you hold in your portfolio. I mean, that might seem obvious, but you really have to understand the companies that are in that you're investing in and ensuring that you're investing in companies that have a future over the next five plus years going forward. So just as an example, we've recommended in our US research um, companies in the cloud computing space, companies in the cyber security space, companies in the artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning, automation space. These technology innovations aren't going away. These are companies that are profitable. They've demonstrated profitability. Uh, they, they have fantastic track records of growth. They have very strong balance sheets. That's another thing. Uh, net cash businesses, uh, which are companies that we like to invest in, companies that have more cash than debt or no debt at all and a lot of cash, are much better positioned to deal with a downturn in the markets like this, especially if it's sustained. They can actually take that cash and employ it, uh, deploy it into um, acquisitions, buying assets that are on sale. But really, it comes down to companies that are going to continue to um, progress with their growth strategy over a five-plus-year time horizon. And certainly, something like Corona could 
uh, could push the, the global economy into a recession. That is absolutely a possibility. I'm not saying that it's going to happen, um, but I can't say that it's not going to happen. We already saw slowing global growth um, uh, before Corona became an issue. Um, so something like this can really can really shock uh, global demand, really shock supply chains, and um, cause people to not invest, not individuals, but companies to not invest um, and grow their businesses that may cause a recession. So in some cases, companies that you invest in, they may not grow for six months, a couple of quarters, or even a couple of years. But when you're buying a business, you're not looking at what it's gonna do over the next six weeks. You should be looking at what it's gonna be doing over the next five plus years. And as long as you bought that company at a reasonable valuation and it's a good solid business that is continuing to grow, you should get a return over the next five plus years, three to five plus years, um, regardless of what happens to the global economy in, in the near term. So it's really about investing in quality, um, not buying businesses that are over leveraged with debt. Uh, Warren Buffett had a saying, he said that, that um, everybody floats when the tide is in, but it's when the tide goes out that you see who's been swimming naked. And what that means is that when the economy is great, it's really easy to lever up with debt and generate a lot of growth, earnings growth, because you're just indebting yourself further. You can get away with that when the economy is really strong. When the economy declines, that's when these businesses get in trouble. This is the reason why even when the economy is really hot, we don't invest in companies that are overly, overly leveraged. We're always looking at our investments based on that five year business cycle where even if we invest in a company and the market goes into recession, the majority of the companies that we invest in will come out the other side of that recession even stronger and will resume their pathways of growth. And this is what investing is. This is what the stock market is is about. It's about stomaching the volatility and focusing on quality. And the reality is, is that uh, price movements like this are actually where investors can make a lot of money long term, where they can invest in companies that are great businesses, um, but they can buy those companies at, at a better valuation. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Just knowing what you own in your portfolio and knowing if that business, you can keep a level of confidence if you know that business will be around two to five years from now. I'll give you an example. We talk about this company all the time, the Boyd Group. Uh, what do they do? They fix cars, automobiles. Um, do we believe that six months from now, nobody's going to need to fix their car two years from now? No, they're going to still use auto body repair shops. Uh, that's why we believe Boyd will continue to be around and will prosper long term. Does this not mean there will be no volatility in the share price near term? Uh, no, we expect volatility, but are we confident that that business that we bought you know, 12 years ago, we'll be around six to 12 to two years from now, six to 12 months to two years from now. Yes. And that's why we sleep soundly at night owning a company like that, uh, a company like Microsoft. Uh, we still sleep soundly at night knowing that, you know, <laughs> countless millions and millions of people across the world will continue to use that their word processing, their cloud computing solutions. And they, you know, they offer it on a SaaS model. We love that model. We continue to believe that two years from now, five years from now, people will continue to use that business. So we sleep soundly at night having those type of businesses in our portfolio. And Aaron talked about these cash rich 
companies. Particularly in the small cap or smaller area, it is great to have a business that has a great net cash position because in times like these, this is where they really make your returns for the next two to four years going forward, two to five years going forward, because they are able to, if there is a continued downturn, there's panic, businesses that would have been expensive for them to buy uh, six months ago, a year ago, become into a le- they come to a level where it is a good value for them to buy. There can be some panic in some of the potential sellers. They can pick up some great businesses on the discount. And then two to five years from now, they've integrated those businesses into their operations. And when there is a general uptick again in the markets and you see you know, coming out of a recession, we're not even saying we're going into a recession, but if that is what happens, these businesses thrive coming out of those and drive tremendous returns over the long term. These are the companies that we have already been positioning ourselves in for years now. Uh, we'll look at more of them over the next year. But these are the ones you want in your portfolio, and you can make your money in the downturn by buying these companies and they will accelerate and produce the returns that you need in your portfolio to grow it over the long term coming out of any type of downturn in the market. So that is the way we position a 15 to 25 stock portfolio with good companies that can weather a storm. There can be pain near term. No one is saying there won't be pain near term, but trying to time an exact bottom in the market is a fool's game. Try what you can control is what you hold. The individual companies that you hold in your portfolio, that is what we are focused on. Uh, many of the companies that we own pay dividends. We will sit and wait, clip those dividends, those sustainable dividends that they have, and uh, and uh, you know buy more companies in, in a downturn if we see companies come on sale. Now, dividends, let's, let's switch that and segue into what we've seen in the Canadian energy segment. Uh, generally speaking, the price war that has gone on uh, that we're seeing right now, uh, lot, tremendous drop in the price of oil. Now, uh, our clients will know that for years, for the past decade, Keystone has minimal exposure to commodity-based businesses as long-term investment decisions. We just We've made a conscious choice a long time ago that we find that most businesses that are tied to underlying commodities uh, make them highly volatile and make them poor long-term investments. Now, traders are free to trade these things, but we are long-term investors, and generally, uh, they have limited interest for us. In fact, our Canadian growth stock research and our U.S. research, we've recommended just one producer and subsequently sold that company and one direct service company in our in those research services over the last uh, 10 to 12 years combined. Now, let's focus on dividends here. Uh, many of these Canadian energy producers and many Canadians have bought these producers uh, because they pay dividends uh, and they look like quote unquote attractive yields for decades or more. We've seen this. Uh, we see any business tied to a commodity such as oil and gas to be generally a terrible investment vehicle uh, for a sustainable dividend. 
In fact, we have constantly stated that dividends in energy companies should be viewed as bonuses. So unfortunately, investors who had purchased this segment and purchased energy-related companies uh, for their yield or for growth in these businesses over the long term have truly taken a hit over the past five years. And on you know this Monday of this week, we saw a decim- you know, just complete destruction of capital in that segment. Now, I have heard this past week from analysts and from companies that the drop in energy prices was completely unforeseen. And you've seen these companies cut their dividends and cut growth outlooks going forward. Um, I, I, it kind of angers me to the extent that they could say that they could not see that their entire business, which is based off of an underlying commodity, uh, if that commodity goes down and has a significant drop, that would squeeze cash flow and you wouldn't be able to pay a dividend. That is ridiculous to say that you couldn't have foreseen a circumstance in which this would happen. That is why you know you look at a levered capital intensive business paying a dividend. We do not see that as a good model going forward. And we're not surprised to see uh, firms cutting their dividends, ceasing their dividends, and, uh, and really producing poor returns over the long term for clients in this segment. Uh, we're happy to have largely avoided that sector. We're saddened that um, it will produce negative activity in Canada, particularly in Western Canada, but for all of Canada, uh, seeing the pr- low prices that we see right now. But we're happy to see that we, you know, say that we have not participated in that segment for almost a decade now. And we'll continue to find more sustainable businesses uh, that have, if you want a dividend yield, that uh, you know are not beholden to an underlying commodity for that yield. So I think we're going to finally, I mean, that's our final thoughts today on that. We'll talk more about this next week and in the coming weeks. But uh, we're going to move right now to uh, our final Your Stock, or just our first Your Stock, our take of the week. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, this co- question comes in from Christian. He says, I love this space that the this company operates in. Can you take a look at it for me? It's Vital Hub Corp, symbol VHI on the TSX Venture. You wanna take that, uh, Brennan? I sure do. Okay, so Vital Hub Corp currently trading at a price of $1.55 and has a market cap of around uh, 27.6 million. So Vital Hub Corp develops mobile healthcare solutions that allow clinicians to access information about patients. Uh, its technologies include blockchain, patient flow, mobile and web-based assessment, and electronic healthcare record solutions. So the share price has been quite volatile over the past three years, but it has been on a slow but steady upward trajectory. The company has been growing primarily through acquisitions with its most recent purchase on November 22nd, 2019, where it purchased Oculus Health, which provides a real-time and predictive operational management system for hospitals. Looking back at Vital Hub's acquisition history, since October 5th, 2017, the company has made four acquisitions, each of which consisted of Vital Hub paying with half cash and half stock. And over this period, the company's outstanding shares have ballooned from 66 million to 188 million. So shareholders have been quite diluted over the years. And at the expense of current shareholders, in January of 2020, uh, the company conducted a 1 for 10 uh, share consolidation, bringing its total issued and outstanding shares 
uh, from 180 million to 18 million. Uh, and just a month after this share consolidation, the company continued on its path of diluting shareholders with another equity offering of 7.5 million shares in February. So taking a look at the company's financial results here um, for Q3 of 2019, revenue was up 13% to 2.4 million compared to the same quarter last year. EBITDA was up 83% to 285,000 compared to 156,000 for the same quarter last year. Net loss for the quarter was 475,000 compared to a loss of 293,000 for the same quarter last year. So no improvements there. Um, and looking at Vital Hub's current valuation, it has an enterprise value to EBITDA multiple of around 21 times, which in my opinion is uh, quite expensive, um, especially the, the stock has, you know, came off quite a bit um, just due to the overall market correction. Um, so this would have been a lot more expensive, uh, you know, in the previous weeks here. Uh, and looking at the company's balance sheet, they have a net cash position of 2.3 million uh, and a debt to equity ratio of uh, 0.14, uh, which is relatively healthy. Um, so now our take here. Over the past three years, Vital Hub's revenue and EBITDA have certainly been on an upward trajectory, but the company has been struggling to work towards consistent profitability. So with this being the case, Vital Hub doesn't meet Keystone's investment criteria as it isn't profitable. Now, my second concern towards an investment in Vital Hub is management's lack of discipline in preserving the company's cap table over the years, as we have seen the company make very generous share payments to acquisition targets, numerous public equity offerings, and a recent share con consolidation where the company might just be positioning itself to start the dilution cycle all over again. And to top it off, uh, as of the last quarter, the company had an accumulated deficit of $5.8 million. So clearly the company's actions have only destroyed capital along the way. I agree with Christian, uh, who stated that they love the space the company operates in, as there has certainly been a shift in the healthcare sector for web-based health records and overall operational efficiencies through technological innovation. But due to the company's lack of profitability and management's lack of discipline in preserving the company's capital, uh, we would pass on VitalHub. It's interesting because we we took a look at Vital Hub um, when we were doing uh, an analysis on blockchain companies, and because it, it does have a blockchain component, and I, I do mm -hmm. really like the idea of making healthcare more efficient and adding technology. Uh, what I don't know, and what you would really need to do investigation on if you were considering Vital Hub as an investment is what other types of, of alternatives are there out there, competitive products, um, and also who's using their products. Do they have just a couple of customers? Are, are there, is their customer base wide-ranged? Um, what's the churn rate? So these are the questions you would ask yourself, but I personally would not need to go that far because the lack of profitability and the relatively high um, enterprise value to EBITDA multiple would dissuade me from, from investing. And, one thing that I'll also mention, and this doesn't necessarily just apply to Vital Hub, but it's any company that's not profitable, these companies can often get away with losing money and just going back to the market to raise more uh, when the market is good and strong. But when we get into conditions like we are in this week, if that persists, these companies may lose their ability to raise capital by issuing more shares. And that puts them in a, in a very dangerous situation because they're continuing to spend money 
but they're not making any money. They're not bringing any money in. At least in the case of Vital Hub, it does have EBITDA, it does have revenue, but there are thousands of companies out there that don't even have revenue. Um, and if they're not able to go back to the market and raise money, they literally have to cut back everything in order to just survive. Yeah, and these are the conditions that we're talking about that potentially can occur that cash rich companies um you know you have you have significant opportunities because there may be some good underlying businesses here whether it's the entire business or some of the businesses that they have acquired they you know if you get into a cash crunch situation uh the cash rich businesses that we like to buy uh, can be salivating over that and they can pick up those businesses on the cheap uh in this case of vital hub you know, they have not been good stewards of investing capital in the past and diluted investors to huge losses. Uh, you're looking at relatively high multiples. Like Brendan, Brendan said, we like some of the underlying business here, web-based healthcare. Uh, making that segment more efficient is a, is a great business. Uh, whether or not this is the company to do that or help in that segment, um, you know, there's only 13% revenue growth in the last quarter. You'd expect to see higher growth levels for a company that is trading at a trailing EV to EBITDA of around 21. So not good stewards of capital in the past. That's all we can go on. Interesting business, but the high multiples uh, would have us uh, not investing in Vital Hub at present. It may be a company that we continue to monitor. For sure, we do continue to monitor that business. It would be have to become a lot cheaper, and we likely have to see better growth for this company to be very attractive for us. So are there any final comments, Aaron or Brennan, on the markets generally right now? Nothing, guys? Stay rational? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think just... Uh just having that long-term approach, um, you know, I know you guys talked about it previously um, and Aaron touched on it, but just Warren Buffett's, uh, his letter to his, his shareholders of Berkshire Hathaway, um, you know, just keeping that mindset. Long-term, you're going to do in the, well in the market if you just keep, um, you, you know, that long-term yeah. outlook uh, and, and don't make any, uh, you know, I guess, uh, emotional decisions, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, and it, you know, there's fear out there and we do definitely see that and we understand that fear. Uh, just knowing the individual businesses that you have bought, you purchased in your portfolio, uh, make sure that they have good balance sheets right now. And, uh, you know, you can, many of the companies, even in the small cap related businesses that we have recommend, you know, are paying two to four and a half, five percent dividends right now. Clipping those dividends in good businesses is a great way to, uh, you know, insulate your portfolio during a downturn. And then those businesses with great balance sheets can make purchases on the cheap in a downturn and accelerate your returns coming out of that downturn. And we've said this in high times in the past, you really make your money in a downturn. Uh, this is when we continue to scour the market. We always are scouring the market for good value. But if we see you know, 20, 30% plus drops in the market and in some individual companies that we really want to own uh, and they become on sale, that excites us. That is how we can make outstretched returns over the long term by buying these companies uh, at reasonable prices and holding them over the long term. And we'll continue to do that. And we'll continue to see all of our, you know, many of our clients 
uh, and many potential clients at the upcoming seminars that we'll be holding across the country uh, in the next month and a half. Uh, I look forward to seeing many of you at those seminars. Keep your questions coming in. We're getting many right now for our Your Stock, Our Take segment. You can also ask us anything on the markets generally. We'll continue to ask, answer those questions. Uh, as always, I wish you profitable investing. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.